Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, um, someone this morning we were talking, and I said, well, what are you going to do if, if they come in and, and arrest us and put us in jail? And she said, well, I wouldn't mind having that on my record. Got arrested for going to church. Amen. They told the disciples to quit, and they didn't quit. Actually, they got killed because they didn't quit. They told Jesus to quit. He didn't quit. Aren't you glad there wasn't a coronavirus when Jesus went to Calvary? He might have had to postpone Easter. We might be having Easter in the summer, maybe even the fall. No, I don't think we would have. I think he still would have went to Calvary. Nothing would have changed. I don't even think Apostle Paul, when Apostle Paul lists the troubles that he had, you know, shipwreck, bitten by a viper, and beaten to death where they left him for dead, I don't even think he would have listed the the, the COVID in his list of things that he endured to you? No. Minor stuff. So anyway, moving on. I don't want to spend time on that, but um, I do know that I take pictures and I see big crowds just, just for funsies. So I've seen big crowds at the liquor store. Took a picture of it. Huge crowds at Lowe's. I go into Lowe's all the time because I have to. And... Um, if it's safer, how, how could it be safer to go in Lowe's and buy yourself some flowers or some paint than to come in here? Have you been to Walmart? Seven days a week, it looks like the week of Christmas. Every day, it looks like the week of Christmas. Why? I mean, it's, people get a lot more hungry now that there's a virus. And I never understood the toilet paper. I didn't even know diarrhea was a side effect. But... But uh, my wife pointed this out to me. I wasn't smart enough to think about it. But she said, basically, when they say you can go to all these places, but you can't go to church, they're saying that you're smart enough, the Walmart shoppers are smart enough to go in Walmart and maintain your distance, but Christians aren't smart enough to come to church and maintain a distance. And as I look around, I'm so glad you are all six feet apart. <laughs> That's basically what it's saying. Wits over there, nothing against them. I hope they sell a million dollars worth of flowers and whatever else they're selling. They got good strawberries, really good. We buy them. I ate a bunch of them yesterday. Packed yesterday. I mean packed. You can't buy those strawberries without getting close to somebody. What I'm saying is, uh, I wish every church in this entire country would, on their sign out front, would put First Amendment and open the doors. Every church. Uh, all of them. Amen. One of my big, I've got a lot of regrets in life, but one of them is ever closing the doors when we did. I, I, now that we've come through it and are on this side of it, I wish we just kept on rolling with it. I'd like to go find Rodney Howard Brown and give him a high five for going to jail us or getting whatever arrested. I think he went to jail. Anyway, let's, let's go. Uh, we've been talking about the prodigal son the last two weeks, and he ran off and he came back and um, the first week we covered the robe. His father said, get him a robe, get him a ring, get him some sandals. We're going to pick up uh, there. Uh, this week we're talking about the shoes. Okay, so in Luke, the 15th chapter, uh, he asked for his inheritance, and he goes off into a foreign land, and he parties it up and does whatever he does. He finds himself broke, busted, and disgusted, and he becomes a, a servant. He, he, he's a hired hand for somebody in, in this other land, Right? He's so hungry, he's, he's looking at the food of the, the hogs thinking, 
That looks tasty. And I haven't ever been quite that hungry, I'll be honest with you. But um, as he does, it says he comes to his senses and he says, My father's hired servants, uh, his hired hands, do better than this. They eat better than this. He feed, they, they eat a lot better than this. He says, I'm going to go to my father and I'm going to tell him I'm not worthy to be your son and uh, just treat me like one of your hired servants. So we're going to pick up right there. 1520. And he arose and came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. We talked about it the other day. If he's no longer worthy to be called your son, at one time he felt like he was worthy. To be called his son. Why did he feel worthy? Because he was there and he was doing what his dad said. And uh, he was thinking he was earning his right to be called his son. And my, my children, my sons and my daughter, they're not my sons and daughter because they do right. In other words, they don't have rights that are afforded to them from the father based off how well they perform in life. But we think that because from early age on, if you do good, you get good. If you try hard on the field, you get the position. If you work hard and study, you get the grade. If you work hard at your job, you get promotions and you get a, a bigger paycheck. And then we transfer that over into our <clears throat> spiritual life. And we think if we do good, God's going to bless me. He's already blessed you, let me tell you. But the father said to his servants, um, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring out the fatted calf and kill it. Let us be merry for my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost. Now he's found and they began to be merry. Now he said, bring out the robe, bring out the ring and bring out the sandals, bring out the shoes is what we would call them. And we talked about the robe. The robe is the robe of righteousness. You don't earn your own righteousness. The father robed you with righteousness. Did this kid deserve that robe of righteousness? No, he ran out and acted like an idiot like all of us, fell into sin, but he came back to the father. He came back and repented, said, Father, I'm not worthy. Well, no, of course you're not worthy. The only reason you'd be worthy is because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? So the father robes him in righteousness. Then he says, put the ring on his finger. What's the ring represent? Authority. Do you have authority in your name? No. Are demons scared of you? No. Demons are scared of Jesus, the name of Jesus. And He's given us the authority to use His name to tread over what? Serpents, scorpions, over all the principalities and darkness that's out there. We have authority over it. Demons have to flee at the very name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Amen? If you're struggling with anything demonic in your life, or if you're anywhere, you go anywhere you want, any room you want, and you sense some type of demonic presence, and you say, you leave right now in the name of Jesus, it absolutely has to leave. It has to. Demons fear at the name of Jesus. Tremble, I mean, at the name of Jesus. Amen. So let's talk about the shoes. He says, bring him out some shoes. Now, um, before you, we get into what the shoes mean, Let's, let's look at what it means not to have shoes, to take your shoes off. If putting on the shoes means something, then what does taking off the shoes mean? Now, Boaz was getting ready to marry, uh, he wanted to marry Ruth. But there was a, a near kinsman redeemer, right? 
that he was next in line. In other words, Boaz, he had the right to marry Boaz. And, I mean, Ruth. So Boaz goes to this man and says, are you going to marry her? And the man says, no. So let's, let's, let's pick up this right here in Ruth, the fourth chapter, the seventh verse. Now this was the custom in former times in Israel concerning redeeming and exchanging. Now get a hold of those two words, redeeming and exchanging, because Jesus came and redeemed us, you and I, and He exchanged righteousness for our sin. Amen. It says, uh, this was the custom. To confirm anything, one man took off his sandal and gave it to the other, and this was the confirmation in Israel. Now, this man said, I'm not going to marry... Um, I'm not going to marry Ruth. I'm not going to marry her. So he took off his sandal. And what he was saying is, I'm giving up my rights. That sounds weird to us, doesn't it? That you say, no, I'm not going to take take off my shoes. But that was their custom. If you took off your shoes, that means I'm giving up my rights in this area right here. And we'll see what the law has to say about it in Deuteronomy 25.7. But if the man does not want to take his brother's wife, well, what that means is, if a man is married to a woman... Let's say they have a couple kids, and the man dies. Then his brother is, is supposed to go and marry that woman. She's supposed to be under the law. You're, you're, it's your right to marry her, take care of the family. You're supposed to marry her. So it says, but if the man does not want to take his brother's wife, then let his brother's wife go up to the gate of the, to the elders and say, my husband's brother refuses to raise up a name to his brother in Israel. He will not perform the duty of my husband's brother. Then the elders of the city shall call him and speak to him. But if he stands firm and says, In presence of the elders, remove his sandal from his foot, spit in his face. She's getting a little redemption there. He don't want her and she's getting a spit in his face. It's crazy, isn't it? But let me tell you, if they could see how we live, they'd think we're crazy. They'd say, what in the world? i never seen no pants that tight. So shall it be done to the man who will not build up his brother's house, and his name shall be called in Israel the house of him who had his sandal removed. That's his name now. The house of him who had his sandal removed. So let's, let's put ourselves in this position. He's seen her. She's mean. She, he's seen the way she treats the brother. Heck no, he don't want to marry her. I wouldn't either. And then what's she thinking? Put it, I don't, I don't, he's ugly. I married the good-looking one and the one with the money. And I don't want to marry this, this one. But that's just the way that it was then. That was their custom. That's, the way, that's how it rolled. But if he says, I don't want to marry her, you had to perform this. Take off your sandals. When you take off your sandals, take off your shoes. You're saying, I'm giving up my rights. I have no rights. I have no rights here. I'm giving up my rights. And then it, I heard a preacher preaching on this. And uh, I haven't seen this before, and I thought it was pretty funny. But it said, His name shall be called in Israel, the house of him who had his sandal removed. He said, think about this guy a few years later going down there to the bank or going somewhere to fill out some paperwork, and he's wanting to get a loan. They say, okay, what's your name? First name. He says, um, the. The? Yeah, the. What's your last name? Removed. Maybe you should give us the whole name. Okay, the house of him who um, had his sandal removed. And the banker will be like, what she look like? <laughs> yeah. No kidding. 
But you know, Moses goes up to the burning bush, and the bush is burning. God said, take off your shoes. When you come over here in this proximity where I'm at, take off your shoes because this is holy ground. You're going to stand over here, you've got to take your shoes off. And there's another uh, scripture in the Bible I want to read to you right here in Joshua, the 5th chapter, the 13th verse. It says, It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted up his eyes and he looked, and behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No. He didn't answer him. Are you for them or are you for us? No. It's like, I need a grilled chicken sandwich and a Diet Coke. Would you like a large fry or an apple pie? Yes. We'll take both. He said, no. But as the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face the commander of the army of the Lord. The commander of the army of the Lord. Who in the world is the commander of the army of the Lord? I think his name starts with a J. Not Joshua, but Jesus. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandals off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Now he took off his sandals. In other words, you... Jesus, is, what the Lord's saying here is, I didn't come to see uh, if you'd let me be on your side or on your army. I came to see if you would be in my army because I'm the commander of the army. I'm the real commander here. You may think you're the commander of the army, but I'm the commander of the army. So you're going to take off your shoes and give up your rights. And you look at what happened with Moses. He led the children of Israel out, didn't he? And you look at Joshua, where he lead the children of Israel into the promised land. They would have never defeated Jericho. If he hadn't taken his shoes off and gave up his rights, because when he took off his shoes and gave up his rights, he received a whole new set of rights. When Moses took off his shoes and went and stood on holy ground and did what God told him, he he picked up a whole new set of shoes, let me tell you, a whole new set of rights. Amen. So that's what taking off your shoes mean, is giving up your rights. There's another time that Israel took uh, some people from Judah captive. I don't know if y'all remember this, but they took some people from Judah captive and there's a prophet there and he said, hey, what you're doing is wrong and you better let them go. And uh, if you don't, the wrath of God is going to come down on you. That's what I'm afraid of. You better let these people go. So you know what it said? That when they had taken them captive, they took their shoes away from them, which means they took their rights away from them. But when the prophet said, let them go, you know what they did? They restored them. They gave them their shoes back and they let them go and they let them be free, which tells us when you get your shoes back, it represents freedom. Amen. The prodigal son goes in there with no shoes. And his father, one thing he gives him the shoes back, he says, that here's the shoes. This is not shoes of a servant because the servants don't have shoes. This is shoes of my son because you're my son. And now you have the robe of righteousness, this ring of authority, and the shoes of the son or the shoes of the daughter. And uh, I think about freedom, 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 because we got rights, don't we? We got rights within my rights. You have rights as a single man. You have rights as a single woman. But I've heard, I haven't really heard a lot of ladies say this, but I've heard lots of guys say this right before they get married, on their bachelor party, the night before or whatever, before they get married, a few days before, whenever it is. This is my last night of freedom. I can go sleep around all I want, but after I get married tomorrow, 
Uh, old ball and chain. I'm going to be locked down. I'm giving up my rights. No more freedom. That's the biggest lie that the enemy will tell you as a single man. You take uh, um, uh, people that are dating, that are sleeping around. You're living in sin. If you're not married, you're living in sin. If you're dating and sleeping around, according to the Bible right here, you're living in sin. So what does that mean? You're living in bondage. You're not free. You may think you're free. People say, I'm free. I'm free. I'm free. My last night of freedom. No, when you got married, that was when, that's when your first day of freedom. Because you've been living in sin, so you've been living in bondage. But when you put that ring right there on, guess what? Now you're free. Because now you're living according to God's Word right here. Amen. That's the truth. Last night of freedom. Woo! Party down. Now, if you cheat before you get married, you'll cheat after. That ring's not going to stop you. If you got a bunch of kids and a bunch of child support, that might stop you. <laughs> no, they want nothing to stop you. You get ready to get into sin and living in the world. You you, you look through a different lens. Satan will distort things and make you look at things different. So. The religious people here uh, talking about rights. You, you're giving up your rights. And I was talking about freedom there. Um, that's one thing that getting your shoes back means is, is, is freedom. I'm giving up my rights. Um, like getting, getting married. I'm giving up my rights. I gave up my rights. I have the right to go out and date who I want to. I, go out, I have the right to take my money and go out and spend it on anything I want to because it's mine. I can flirt with any girl I want to. I can do what I want to. It's America. Land of the free. We can do what we want. But when I got married, now can I just take my money and just go spend it on anything I want to? Well, I can, but I shouldn't. Because now what's mine's hers and what's hers is mine. Because the two have just now become one. Can I go out and flirt? Can I go out and do things with other women? Absolutely not. Because I belong to her and she belongs to me. I gave up my rights to do those things. So when you come before the Lord and you're taking your shoes off, you're saying, I'm giving up these rights and He's giving you a whole new set of rights and the privileges that are afforded to you from where? The kingdom of God. Y'all see that? That's good. I don't care who you are. But some people think they earn their rights. And when I first got into the uh, living for the Lord, trying to live for the Lord, uh, I thought I was earning my rights. I thought I was earning blessings. I thought I was earning all this until I got into the Word and read and studied and got closer to the Lord that I realized I couldn't earn my way out the front door much less to heaven. But people think that they earn their rights. So in this Luke right here, Jesus starts telling parables. And what a parable is, is Jesus walks alongside of a truth and he starts throwing some stories out there, throwing some parables, and the parable parallels the truth. So Jesus is walking alongside of the truth and he's throwing some stories out there. It's called a parable. So in the very beginning of Luke, this is where these parables started. It says, uh, all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him. Now this has nothing to do with my sermon, but I want to point out something to you. You see they've got tax collectors uh, listed there with sinners. Yeah. Amen. Drew near to him. It says, all the tax collectors and the sinners drew, drew, drew near to him to hear him. They wanted to hear him. 
the sinners. He was drawing and attracting sinners. You should draw and attract sinners. They should see something in you that they want, that they need. And it's not because you got a big sack of dope. I mean, serious. There, there's nobody that's on drugs that says, I want to be on drugs. I want to be addicted to drugs. I love it. It's great. Whoever said that? Nobody. And they see something in you, something else that they would rather be. And they, what they see is the light shining on the inside of you. Anyway, the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and he even eats with them. So he welcomes them. He's friends to them. He befriends the sinners and he even eats with them. And they start complaining. And that's when Jesus goes into the parable. And he says, hey, there was a woman. She had 10 coins. She lost one. She swept everything. She moved the chairs, moved all the furniture. And she found that one lost coin and she rejoiced. Amen. Then he said, there's a man who had 100 sheep. One ran off, but he still had the 99. But he went out and searched for that one sheep and he found it, threw it over his shoulders and brought it back, called his friends over and they celebrated. I was wondering what they celebrated, if they had lamb chops or what. I don't know, but maybe that's what they did. But then he says, this parable, this is the third parable in Luke right here. And he says, there was a man, his son got his inheritance. He went off. He's telling them this story right here. Going after that one coin, going after that one sheep, and this is my son who's gone off and lost. You know, there's a the coin doesn't have a choice, and a coin doesn't have a rights, and doesn't have a will. A sheep doesn't have rights and choices or a will, but a human being does. And so, even though Jesus has came to earth to seek us to save us uh, from going to hell, Amen. We still have a choice. We can, we can hold on to our rights, our right to go to hell, our right to live in the world, our right to do whatever we want to, or we can give up our rights and take on a whole new set of rights. You understand? You follow me. So there's a difference between a human being, a sheep, and a coin. That coin's going to go where you put it. That sheep's going to get in that pen when you lock it up. But a human being's got their own free choice, own free will. You can hang on to your rights. But anyway, these, these religious people, they don't like that. They don't like that. Uh, there's another story in Matthew, the 20th chapter, and there's some guys, that, uh, a man owns a vineyard, and he hires some people. He hired some early in the morning, 6 o'clock. They started working. 9 o'clock, he hired some more. They started working. 12 o'clock, he hired some more. They started working. 3 o'clock, he hired some more. They're working. Now, at 5 o'clock, he hired some more. The day ended at 6 o'clock. Those guys only worked one hour. So when the man got ready to pay them, he said, pay the ones who came last first. The ones that came at the 11th hour that only were here for one hour. So he whipped out a whole day's pay and they were only there for an hour. Did they deserve it? Did they earn it? Did they work for it? Did they achieve it? Did they do anything at all? They were there for one hour. They got 12 hours paycheck. That sounds good, don't it? That sounds like some like government employees. Unless you work for the government, I didn't mean that. I know you're a hard worker. You probably work overtime for free. But anyway, so the ones that saw, their eyes lit up and they're like, hey, they, look how much he paid them. Well, then he went down the line and he paid them all the same. And they were mad. They said, what'd you pay them the same for? They didn't come to 11th hour. We've been here hot, sweaty, working our tails off all day and you pay us the same thing? He said, did I not pay you what we agreed to? Yeah, but they're still mad. They said, you made them equal to us. But they haven't been here, and we have. Look at the prodigal son, his older brother. He was not happy about the situation. 
You look at the Pharisees, they weren't happy because Jesus is eating with these tax collectors and the sinners. They're saying, hey, we do it all right. We got it all together. We're righteous. But now these tax collectors and sinners and you're eating with them? Y'all follow me? They thought they had earned their rights. See, when you look at it like that, when you look at it as earning it, that's how you're going to see it also. If you feel like you've earned it, then you're going to make sure that other people earn it. In other words, if you're a religious-minded person, a modern-day Pharisee, and you're sitting in this building or wherever you're sitting today, and you think you've earned the right to be a son of a God, or you've earned your righteousness, or you've earned your ring of authority, or, or you've earned your shoes, you're going to make sure when a new Christian comes in, they're going to earn it, just like I did. That's a religious person. If you think like that, you're a modern-day Pharisee. You see people get mad. They've been sitting here for years. They've been teaching for years. They've been preaching for years. They've been tithing for years. A new guy comes in. He gets saved, gets delivered off drugs, gets delivered out of a bad situation. What is? Whatever it is. And you see some other Christians gather around them, high-fiving them, hugging them, loving on them, spending time with them. And you'll see that person over getting so jealous why is he spending time with him? Why is the pastor taking him to lunch? Why are they high-fiving him? Ain't nobody ever high-fived me. I've always been here. He's got to earn it. It's religious-minded. I got rights. I got my rights. This elder brother here, if you'll see, that's how he thought. Pick back up in Luke, the 25th. This is after the dad said, give him the robe, give him the ring, give him the sandals, kill the fatted calf, let's throw down, have a throw down, hold down, let's have a party. My son was lost, but now he's found. He's back. I'd be excited too. I don't care where you've been, what you did. (laughs) I'm just glad you're back. Now this older son was in the field. That's the same way God sees you. He's just glad you're back. It, ain't got, it don't matter how far you went, how far sin carried you, and how far long you stayed there, how many drugs you did, whatever you got into, that don't matter. He's just glad you're back. He's just glad you're back. That's, that's forgiven. He's just glad you're back. Amen? If this Father right here who's representing our Heavenly Father is not concerned about that, why would you be? Now the older son was in the field. He came drew near the house. He heard the music. He heard the dancing. Uh, he called one of the servants. He said, what in the world is going on up here? And they said to him, your brother has come. And because uh, he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was angry. He wouldn't go in. Therefore, his father came out and said, please, son. He pleaded with him, please come in. Join the party, man. Your brother's back. And he answered to his father and said, these many years I've been here serving you. So he looks at it differently. Instead of looking at it like I'm your son, he's looking at it, I'm serving you. See, we are servants of God, but it's a totally different kind of servant. We're, we're serving because of. We're not serving to, to get. We're, I'm serving my father because I've already got it. Because I love him. He loves me. He rescued me from the pits of hell. So yes, I want to be a servant of my Heavenly Father. 
I'm not serving him to try to get it. I've already got it. You've already got it. He said, these years I've been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment. That's a lie. That's a lie. There's only one that lived on this earth that never transgressed the commandment. His name was Jesus. This kid out here is saying, I've never transgressed. What does that sound like? Pharisee. We don't sin. We've never sinned. Look at us. But Jesus eats with these sinners over here. It's, it's type and shadow of a, a religious person. You never gave me a young goat that I may take and be married with my friends. He didn't give him a young goat. He gave him all the goats. He gave him his inheritance the same time he gave his brother his inheritance. He's the older brother, which means he got a double portion. He didn't get a goat. He got a whole herd of them. He got the goat farm. Goats aren't cheap. I like to have a goat farm. But as soon as this son of yours came, who's devoured your livelihood with harlots, you killed the fatty calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you're always with me, and all that I have is yours. It was, a, it was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother who is dead and is alive again. He was lost, and now he is found. Amen. This brother is saying, What about my rights? What about my rights? He gave up his rights. He went out there and he lived in the world. But I've been here. I've been serving you. I haven't transgressed against you. I've done everything by the book. I've kept your rules. I've earned my rights right here. He hasn't earned anything. Once again, religious spirited person. But I want you to see um, this right here. We're going to close with this. Um, My rights. My rights. We've got rights. We've got some rights we need to let go of. You got some rights you need to turn loose of. Was the elder son, was he within his rights to be mad? Well, he thought he was. I'm within my rights to be mad at my little brother right here because I've been here. He hasn't been here. I'm within my rights. I'm within my rights to be mad. I was trying to think of this movie scene last night, and I thought of it this morning. And Jonathan reminded me of the guy's name, but it was Danny Glover. And it was uh, a Western. It was on in the 80s called Silverado. And Danny Glover's on the horse, and his uh, dad is on the back of the horse with him. His dad's an older man. He's got on a trench coat. And there's some guys there, and they said, well, you're trespassing. This is our land. It really wasn't their land, but you know how in the Western they always take in the land, right? So they're taking the land. The guy said, Mister, I'll be within my rights to kill you right now. Old Danny Glover said, Have you ever seen a Henry 45, a Henry rifle, a Henry rifle in the hands of somebody that knows how to use it? And the guy said, Who, you? And his dad whipped that trench coat back and he had it pointed right at him. And the cowboy said, Yeah, and he rode off. He didn't want none of the rifle in Papa's hands. Now remember that. He said, I'll be within my rights to shoot you. How many times have you thought, I'll be, I'm within my rights to be mad at them. I'm within my rights to be mad at her, my wife, because she lied, she stole, she cheated, she did whatever she did. She took money out of the account and spent it. I worked hard for that money. I'm within my rights to divorce her. I'm in my, within my rights to cuss her out. I'm in my, within my rights to let her have it. What if some man did you wrong in business? What if a good friend just did you wrong, stabbed you in the back, lied to you? I'm within my rights to be mad. I got my rights. They did me wrong. My family turned their back on me. My family lied on me. Whatever it is, I'm within my rights to be mad. Are you? Yeah, you are. 
unless you're a born again believer, then you're not because you've given up those rights. I'll prove it to you right here in Galatians, the second chapter, the 20th verse. I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. Christ is alive within me. That means I came to Christ. I came to Jesus. I said, I'm no more, I'm not worthy to be called your son. I'm barefooted. I don't have any shoes. And the daddy said, bring out the robe, bring out the ring, put your shoes on because you're my son. These are the shoes of sonship. These are the shoes that my daughter wears. These, I'm giving you your right, a whole new set of rights. So it's not I that live, but Christ lives in me. So if you're dead, you can't be mad. A dead man don't have rights. But Christ is alive in you and He's got rights. So how could you be mad at them if you're dead? If Christ is living in you, is He mad at them? Is He mad at them? Is He mad at you? You know He's not mad at you and He's not mad at me. And you and me put Jesus on the cross. He was crucified because of you and because of me, because of our sin. Sin nailed Him to the cross. He was nailed to the cross because of sin. So you can say, what we did nailed the Son of God to the cross, but yet God's not mad at you. But we're going to be mad. Because she did me wrong, they did me wrong, and they talked about me. So I'm just going to be mad because that's what I'm, I got my rights here. They deserve it. That sounds like that elder son, don't it? I've done it before. I've done it a lot. You have too. So what I'm saying is, this morning, right there where you're at, and you see if you're at home or wherever you are, you need to think in your mind, oh, i got some rights I've been hanging on to. I've been saying I'm within my rights to do this. I'm within my rights to do that. I'm within my rights to be mad at them and treat them a certain way. No, you're not. You gave up your rights. You better take them shoes off. Amen. So what I'm saying this morning is you need, you need to take your shoes off in some certain areas. You need to take those rights off your feet and chunk them and say, I want a whole new set of rights put on my feet. It's not I that live. I died. I was crucified with Christ, but Christ lives in me. And let me tell you, you get a whole new set of rights and the privileges forwarded to you. They're a lot better than yours. Amen. Praise the Lord. You ever seen a Henry rifle in the hands of somebody that knows how to use it? Amen. You ain't got no rights. People say, I got my opinion. No, you don't. You got this word right here. This, let, me, let me just get it right here. This word right here, the word of God, this is what you've got. You don't have an opinion. You don't give an opinion. This is the truth. If your opinion don't line up with this, you're wrong. That's my opinion. Who cares? Let's just stick to the word. People, we say that all the time, don't we? Well, give me your opinion. I better just give you the word because I could be wrong. Probably will be. Praise the Lord. Y'all get anything out of it? How long did I preach today? Is this world record shortness or what? Yeah, for sure. 23 minutes? Wow. Heck, Anna, sit back down. We got more time, right? That's why y'all are smiling. Everybody got a lot. Like, when I said I'm going to close with this, everybody woke up. Woo!
That's one thing these past few weeks when I've been preaching to a phone, I haven't got to see anybody sleeping. I ain't got to see anybody making faces at me. Yeah, people make faces at me. I say something I don't like. They be making faces at me. Get your own pulpit. Yeah. Amen. Well, we've had fun, haven't we? I have. I've enjoyed being here. Good seeing everybody. I'm pumped up. What are we going to do Wednesday? We're going to, hey, 6.30. Jonathan's going to be up here letting it eat. Man, bring a fire extinguisher. <laughs> Bringing the fire, bringing the heat. Praise the Lord. Well, I'm going to say bye to Facebook. Enjoyed having y'all. See you Wednesday night. JT's got, bring me that, hand me that thing. Did you take it off? Oh, man. We had my phone's uh, rubber banded to a Swifter picker upper handle. Man, we're high tech. MacGyver, he couldn't have done that. So I want to close this way. Um, let's, uh, let's just get the praising back up here. Let's sing a song before we go home. And during this song, I want you to ask yourself this question right here. What's the Holy Spirit been saying to you? And if there's an area in your life where you need to take off your sandals, give up your rights, because you've been hanging on to them, I know. I know. I know what I know all about it. Mm. I know too much about it. wife asked me, she said, you going to do this? And I said, no, I ain't doing that. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to say what or give to me details so I want anybody to know what I'm talking about. I said, no, I'm not going to do that. And the reason I wasn't going to do it is because I feel like I have been done very wrong. And I'm thinking, I got my rights. I got my rights to be mad. So I know I'm not going to do that because I got my rights. Clearly, I've been done wrong. We could go before uh, a court of law. Absolutely, the jury would say, I am innocent and there's another party that's guilty because I have my rights. It's crazy how the Lord works. Isn't it? Because I was going to hang on to my rights today. But the Lord gave me this word for today. I'm not the only one in this room that's struggling with the same thing. So what I want you to do is during this song right here, like I said, whatever the work, Holy Spirit's been speaking to you, whatever He's been speaking to you. During this song right here, you just need to make a decision in your heart. Just talk to the Lord and say, Lord, 
I'm giving up my rocks. I'm taking off my shoes. I'm taking off my sandals. I got no right to be mad. You're not mad at me, and I put Jesus on the cross. Who am I to be mad at him for ripping me off or doing me wrong or talking about me? Praise the Lord. Thank you for listening to this message from Seven Mile Ministry. 